0: Hey you guys, so for our first official episode, I want to say thank you so much for joining me today. Today's topic is going to be a little bit different than what we may talk about in the future, but I think it's a great jumping off point for talking about life in the NICU. So if you have a coffee or a tea, come join me. I have a vanilla latte and if you're driving, enjoy your drive and let's get started. So today we're going to talk about health and our own health while surviving the NICU. And I think one of the things that I often see in coaching parents in the NICU is that their health is the last thing that they address because their baby's in the NICU and their baby's really sick and their baby needs help and the focus is on getting that baby healthy. Unfortunately, when we are on the back burner, burnout happens, um, illness happens, more stress happens, and so today we're going to kind of dive into what things can we do to take care of ourselves while in the NICU, and how can we do that while still prioritizing our child's care. Um... I'm a firm believer that we can't pour from an empty cup and that's often what the NICU requires us to do is to pour from an empty cup and to keep pouring and to keep giving and so today I want to kind of dive into something that um might be controversial or might feel uncomfortable um and I'm not saying there's any right or wrong way of doing it or going about it I'm only bringing up the question can your health play a priority in filling your cup while in the NICU? So a little backstory, I was in the NICU with my daughter, my husband and I were in the NICU with our daughter for over three months and she was born at 32 weeks, um, but she just had a really hard time breathing those darn lungs. (laughs) Um, So we had a NICU journey that was unlike most 32-weekers where they spend eight weeks in the NICU or less sometimes and it's their feeder growers is what they're called where there aren't major complications. Um, she had lots of breathing issues and complications. And so I will share more of our story later, but I let my health go. And I mean completely go. I would not leave the NICU. I would not leave her room. I slept in her room. I stayed in her room. Um, near the end of our journey, our nurses lovingly kicked me out. (laughs) Um, and it caused a lot of havoc, caused a lot of problems, um, for me. And I would argue for my daughter. So, um, my milk dried up, my body kind of wasn't doing well. My stress level was really high for obvious reasons. Um, and I gained about 40 pounds while we lived in the NICU <laughs> and, um, it was a very, very challenging time and my health went by the wayside completely. Um, I didn't really want to prioritize eating well or drinking lots of water. I couldn't really think about those things because it felt like those were luxuries and my daughter's health was a priority. I wasn't getting sleep. um, I wasn't exercising at all, Um, didn't do follow-up doctor visits, things like that. And it played a big role in how our NICU journey went. And it wasn't until, I'm not kidding, like the last couple weeks that it was kind of like, oh, I've now hit a standstill and I'm now inhibiting progress for everyone by not taking care of myself and so I say with love and kindness that I get it um, and I wish that I could do it over again (laughs) and do it differently and if you are walking that line of not knowing how to care for yourself and feeling a little lost or feeling like you know you shouldn't be eating healthy and exercising because your baby's sick and needs you That's kind of what we're going to explore today is the whys. What's stopping us from taking care of our bodies? What belief or what circumstance? Um, Because for many NICU parents, there are seasons that are really high stakes and critical that we are there and making decisions and in the room. And then there's the other like... For some people, it might be 50%. For others, it's 90%. But for most NICU parents, most days aren't life and death, right? We kind of get over that hurdle. And then we enter this land of we're kind of stable. And we're making some progress, maybe. Or we're just hanging on. We're stable and we're just hanging out. And that's the place that parents often have a hard time knowing that they can take a breath, knowing that it's okay to go get a coffee, knowing that it's okay to go for a run or a walk or go get a salad. Um, I recently worked with a mom who's vegan and she was not eating that way because that was not what the hospital had on, on site. And there's this, her favorite vegan restaurant was two blocks down and she loves eating there and knowing when to give yourself that permission slip of like, yeah, I can leave the NICU and I can go breathe and eat something that's nourishing to my body. And so that is your permission slip today. So what does health look like in bite-sized pieces? Because this is not the season that we're running triathlons and (laughs) marathons and doing the big things that the society, society tells us, right? This is killing it when you're a mom, when you're running marathons and crushing goals. And this is a different season and it's a slower season. And it's a season that requires a lot from us. It's taxing. And so I want you to view it like your coffee cup. And if you haven't gone for a walk or done your normal exercise or you haven't been eating the way that you like to and that feels good, I want you to think of your coffee cup as on empty and now your job is to fill it back up a little bit each day. So it might be that you get the supplies from the store and you make a green juice in the morning or you go pick one up. It might be that you go for a five-minute walk. The thing that is important when we're filling our cups back up is that we get rid of the voice in our heads that say, I can't because... dot dot dot." If you're like, I can't go to the store and get the groceries because we don't have any money or because I don't have time or because I have to go pick up my other kid from school or because... Don't start with that one, okay? Start with, I'm going to take a five-minute walk around the NICU, and it might feel uncomfortable for me to leave, and that's okay. I'm going to give myself permission to feel uncomfortable and fill my cup back up. This is a lifelong journey. I always say the NICU kind of throws us into the parenting ring Quick. And so we learn some really awesome lessons if we dig in while we're in the NICU. And one of those lessons is that we can't pour from an empty cup. We can certainly try. (laughs) And we might lash out at our husband, our kids. We might be sleep deprived. Our milk might dry up. We might gain 40 pounds. (laughs) Something gives. And so... My hope for you is that this NICU journey, while challenging and hard and traumatic, whatever spectrum you're on in this, somehow becomes a little bit more bearable and somehow you're learning something from this and today's episode is about learning about our health and how important you are and how valuable you are and how amazing and special you are. And that it's time to take care of you while taking care of your baby. Parenting 101. (laughs) It's okay to take care of you. In fact, your baby will love to snuggle with a mom that has been on a run because she has way more endorphins and way more oxytocin going on. Baby will love to snuggle with a mom that has been hydrated that day. Because mom's feeling better. She'll have way more oxytocin to give. I'm talking simple things that make a very big difference. So I want you to get out your paper, your pen. Always works a little bit better if we write it down, but if you want to put it in your phone, that's fine. I have a mom who recently pulled out a Sharpie and put this on her hand. (laughs) I want you to write one thing down that you're going to do today. You don't have to think about the whole week because the NICU changes day-to-day, moment-to-moment. Just today, just for today, you're going to do something for you that will feel good and nourishing, okay? This might look like a five-minute walk in the sunshine. It might look like calling a girlfriend and saying, I don't want to talk about the NICU. I want to talk about whatever. It might mean you eat, salad you go pick up the ingredients or you text your husband to get the stuff or your partner you get the ingredients and you make a big salad you drink two liters of water that day and that's what you focus on water is an easy one you can do it in your room and um, hospitals NICUs always have water stations so you can fill that thing up as many times as you need And maybe you set a timer on your phone. Every time your baby is done with cares, you get up and you fill up that huge hospital container they gave you of water and you guzzle it down. Really good for milk supply, good for mental health, good to feel good when you're sitting a lot, drinking water. Near the end of my NICU stay, I committed to 20 minutes of yoga outside on the grassy lawn in the hot, stinky Phoenix air that we were in. And it was amazing. You don't have to pick something like that that you're going to do every day. But just for today, we're going to focus on one thing. If you're feeling like, yeah, no, I've got this. I've got this part down. I I took a shower. I drank my water. Whatever it is. I feel good. And I need to stay on that track. You could write down five things that you're going to incorporate into your week. I'm going to drink water. I'm going to exercise. I'm going to take a shower. Three to five things and they're not going to be big, okay? They're not like, I'm running five miles and I am doing all the things, okay? (laughs) These are things for your physical body that are simple, that go a really long way. Eating three meals a day. I meet a lot of parents that are only eating one. Drinking the water, going for a walk, doing some yoga, breathing. Are you breathing? Have you taken a deep breath today? We often find that NICU parents hold their breath, especially when their baby is having an episode or event. Um, The common points of that are when they're walking into the NICU, leaving the NICU, and when their baby is having an event. And that's a lot of times that we're holding our breath. For some parents they haven't really taken a full breath since entering the NICU. That's for your body, man. That's for your health, that's for your mental clarity. We make better choices and decisions when we breathe. It takes our bodies out of fight or flight and moves it into the frontal cortex. That frontal cortex gets us very present and allows us to move into a space of making a decision based off right now and not out of the fear of in five years or in 10 years or what about yesterday? Breathing. Breathing should go on all of your lists. <laughs> Drinking, eating, moving our bodies, there's are simple things that are neglected. There's are simple things that we all know and we feel like we can't do them because dot, dot, dot. We don't have to explore or buy in or go into the monkey mind of I can't do this because of this and this and this and this and this. I can't do this because of this and this and this and this and this. I can't do this because of this and this and this and this. That's a big one. That's a big one. And it's a hard one cuz there's a mix of legitimate and actual feeling of I really I can't or I'm not letting myself. I want you to find something that has no excuses really attached to it. A 5-minute walk outside is usually a good start. Even if it's snowy and cold and you don't like being in the snow and the cold. Get outside for 5 minutes. You can leave your baby for five minutes, usually. Most days in the NICU, five minutes is okay. Ten minutes is great. <laughs> you can do it. Giving yourself permission. A lot of NICUs are, um, you know, near parks and, and things like that. So you can find a park nearby that you could go to. Five minutes, five minute walk. 5 minute walk to the coffee shop where you're going to treat yourself to a latte (laughs) (laughs) incorporating your health is important so that we're not pouring from an empty cup I would absolutely love to hear ways that you are incorporating health into your daily life and into your NICU journey and maybe why you think it's important to, to Fill your cut back up and how you're doing that. And as always, I wish you the best. I'm here for you. I'm rooting for you and your baby. I'm sending you so much love and comfort. Until next time. Welcome back to Preemie Power. This is episode two. I am Jesse, your host. And today's topic is one of my favorites to discuss with parents in the NICU. And that is taking your power back or finding your power as a parent in the NICU. So one of the funny things about being in the NICU is, especially if you're a first-time parent, you don't know anything. (laughs) And You have doctors and nurses that are playing the role of medical providers. They are saving and helping to heal your baby. And they're also the parent, right? So they are doing the diaper changes and the feedings and all of the things that go into that. And this piece is what makes the NICU, I think, one of the hardest journeys a parent can go through because You're not sure your place, you're not sure when to advocate, when not to, what to do. Um, And then as you end your journey in the NICU, right, you're a pro in all of these areas and all of these things. And the funny thing is, is that you're going home as a total pro, if you will, of a lot of things that have to do with your baby that full-time, full-term parents, excuse me, full-term babies and parents, they're just sent home. Um, may not know. So good and bad. Um, But today I'm going to focus on how we find our way in the NICU and what we feel comfortable with doing and how do we kind of stretch ourselves into that parent role when it may not be very comfortable. One of the things I always tell parents in the NICU is you get these parent life lessons earlier than those that don't have babies that are in the NICU or the hospital. So you learn things like boundaries with your baby and your kid a little bit quicker because you have people coming to the hospital or you have doctors or you have time constraints, you have different um, set of responsibilities and a different load that you're carrying. Um, another one might be advocacy, right? For some parents, um, they don't necessarily exercise the advocacy muscle till their kids are in preschool or, um, uh, maybe elementary school or, uh, maybe till the first time grandma's going to watch the kids, right? But when you're in the NICU, it's one of the first things that you, that muscle that you're starting to exercise of, you have this advocacy need and desire to protect your child. Um, And so the benefit of all of this messy stuff that you're in right now is that you come out with really strong muscles. You're just working them all at the same time. So have lots of grace if you say the wrong thing and do the wrong thing and make mistakes because every single parent does. It has nothing to do with the fact that you're in the NICU. It is a parent thing. It's a human thing. It's a um, adult thing. We make mistakes and parents don't know everything, right? So in case you didn't know that, and you're feeling alone in this. We don't know everything. <laughs> and it is an on-the-job learning situation. And um, have lots of grace and patience and try things out. It's okay to try and then say, mm, okay, I was wrong. Let's try something else. Um, so one of the first and most obvious ways that we can exercise our parent muscle if you will, is caretaking. And that looks like in the NICU care times. So depending on how fragile or sick your baby is, um, you, this might happen right away. This might look like you get to hold your baby right away. This might look like you get to change their diaper right away. You get to um, you know, help them with feeds, uh, skin to skin, taking temperatures, weighing diapers, that kind of thing for those of you with more fragile babies, micro preemies, um, babies that have had surgery or need surgery, this looks different, right? This might look like your hand is in the isolette and you can stroke their head. And that might be about it. They might be a little too fragile for you to be changing diapers yet. um, and doing feeds and whatnot. And that, my friends, is a very hard space to be in. It will not always be that way, but the transition from that to like full care times and you doing everything, it's uh, it can be challenging for parents. So here's my challenge to you. If you're in that boat and you're like, I can't hold my baby, I can't really change their diaper. We have to like leave them in the isolette for as long as possible. Or maybe I get one hold a day and I live for that one hold a day. My challenge for you is to find other ways that you can parent your baby. And this would be things that have nothing to do with medical needs or the fact that you have a sick baby. These are core values that you have that you know that when your baby leaves the NICU, or if you were to have a full-term, healthy, plump, fat baby at home, these are things that you would do. Examples look like, um, for some parents, it's reading to their child. Um, this was definitely me. I read to Brie every single day, sometimes multiple times a day in the NICU, um, because she would have events when I was holding her. And so we were limited on holds most of our NICU stay. Um, we would try it out for a couple days and she'd have some bad days and then put her back and, um, that's where she was stable. And that was really hard, you know, uh, especially when you're told that kangaroo care is so amazing for babies and so helpful for stabilizing them. And then you have a baby that doesn't respond that way. It feels personal. It's hard. It's your first baby. You're trying so hard to be a mom and to show up. How do I show up as a mom? So these are some options you can show up as a mom without having to hold your baby and do some of those care times. Um, This might look like soft music playing, depending on how sensory sensitive your baby is. This might look like you putting pictures up in your room or your pod or whatever you call your space. This might look like um, decorating it, having a sibling decorate This might look like um, I had one family that had a very long NICU stay and they brought in houseplants to their little NICU area. Um, Things that you find comforting, that are good for you and baby, that you would have in your own home or do in your own home. Um, Sometimes for me, I would roll out my yoga mat right there in the room and do some sun salutations because that was important to me, my mental health. And somehow doing that near my daughter felt like, yeah, this would be normal. We would do this at home. So I want you to get creative. You and your hubby can write down two to five things that you might do. Two to five things that feel doable that aren't, don't take a lot of time or money or effort. Okay. Playing a lullaby on your phone is like zero effort bringing in a few books from target might even be fun might even be healing Um, and reading them having a special song or lullaby that you sing to them before you leave the NICU so rituals and routines I am a big believer in they help both mom and baby Um, we know this when we have Babies that are home, right? And we have routines for them and we they know they're getting their bath and their song and their lotion, so it's going to be bedtime soon. So we can do the same thing in the NICU. Um, you might be going out for lunch and it's the end of their care time and maybe you did or did not do care times, but you can end with a tuck-in and a pet and a song. Some parents pray for their children, some say blessings over them, but having some sort of ritual around that time that lets everyone know mommy's leaving or daddy's leaving. That can be really beneficial. Um, The other piece of that is kind of as things start to change and you start making more medical decisions for your baby. This piece is huge, right? Parents don't want to make the wrong decision. Sometimes they are faced with impossible, impossible decisions. When you are faced with the impossible how? How do you even parent, <laughs> right? So again, another lesson that you're getting early is that sometimes you're going to be faced with different impossible scenarios or situations with your kid. Absolutely not making light of this scenario for you. But if we zoom it out a little bit, I imagine as a parent, there will be times when you don't know And when a situation feels challenging and maybe impossible and using the skill sets that you have, using your strengths that you have inside of you is good. That's where it starts. So you can look at it and go, okay, I'm a very logical person. So I'm going to make a pros and cons list, or I'm a really intuitive person. So I'm going to go do some yoga and breathing and just sit with myself and then see what shows up. Um this is a space where you can make mistakes and I, you know, I always say NICU work is educated guessing. Nobody knows exactly what's right for you and your baby. Um, not even doctors that have been doing this forever. They don't always know the exact right thing. And a good doctor will tell you that. <laughs> and So this is you getting to advocate. This is you getting to parent your baby. And unfortunately, it's a really sucky way to start that out. And I'm with you in that. I I hear that. And um, the flip side is that that this is your parent muscle getting exercised in a really big way. (laughs) And as you get used to making more and more medical decisions or decisions for your baby, you'll get a little more comfortable. You'll get a little more confident. I know that my kid needs it quiet my daughter had some sensory issues early in life and needed things much quieter than I was comfortable with. Honestly, um, I'm pretty extroverted person. And so I like to talk and laugh and I liked having people in my room and she didn't do well with that. Um, I liked having music on, she didn't do well with that, even calm music. (laughs) And so it's uncomfortable. It can be challenging and tapping into your child and knowing what they need and what's best for them. The other piece that goes with this is your partner. Most people are not alone in this journey.